Hi guys, welcome to another edition of Gold Bazan. This is Pasha Hajian speaking. If you guys have been following us on our Facebook and our Twitter, you guys have been realizing that right now I'm currently in Lisbon, Portugal. I had the pleasure of visiting Portuguese National Team Federation. Fantastic facilities. Uh, we had a little short interview with Manuel Fernandez. You could check that out on our Twitter. Uh, you know, a few videos of the players training and whatnot. And today uh, we checked out um, Benfica's facility. Uh, did an interview with three top managers on the youth level. As you guys could know, they're known to be pretty much the production light of European football. Uh, a lot of some top talents across the world have came through this academy and it was just mesmerizing to see their philosophy and whatnot. So check out the pictures there. You could even check out on my own Instagram at Pasha Hajian. Uh, today, or a couple days ago actually, Babak Gori, Sinai Saimian, Pejmana Pars, and Ariala Verdi, they did this podcast on few issues surrounding uh, the Iranian national team, especially uh, with exclusion and whatnot. They, dis they discuss about the Uzbekistan match and much, much more that I'll just leave it to them to discuss about it. As always, we appreciate the support. Uh, please follow us on Twitter at GoldBazan and our Facebook at GoldBazan. Uh, we're going to have many, many more contents leading up to the World Cup. And during the World Cup, we're going to do live phone call-ins. So if anybody's interested to give their, you know, uh, opinion and whatnot, and we'll be more than happy to receive your call. As always, I appreciate the support and hope you guys enjoyed this latest episode of Gold Bazaar. Welcome to another episode of Golbazan Podcast. I'm your host for today, Sina Saimian, and I'm delighted to be joined by uh, Bobak Golriz, Pejman Pars, and Arya Loverdi. Guys, uh, it's great to speak to you and great to have you on. Hi, guys. World Cup is coming, and uh, I think we're all, we're all excited good. and ready to get on. Good to be here, as always. Yeah, very excited to be here. Hopefully, we discuss some topics that are uh, needed to be discussed before the World Cup. Yeah, definitely. So let's just jump right into it. And um, the main topic, the main point of talking this week has been the squad selection and the announcement by Carlos Queiroz of the 24 men that he has invited to the national team. It's, it's raised a lot of eyebrows and, and, and um, post, uh, posed some uh, massive questions. And the big one, the, the biggest name that was left out, which I think is fair to say no one saw coming, was Sayyid Jalal Hosseini, uh, the, you know, one of Iran's greatest ever defenders, in my opinion. Um, the man who, in the last podcast, I said he's almost irreplaceable because of his characteristics uh, as a defender, his leadership. But Kairouj uh, decided to, to leave him out, which, again, you know... It, it causes a lot of questions to be asked. Bobak, I'm going to start with you. What did you think of that decision and what do you think has uh, caused Kairos to make such a huge and, and risky uh, choice? Like you said, it's, it was a shocking, uh, shocking piece of uh, news and a decision which is brave at the very least. Uh, difficult to try to second guess what Kairos uh, was thinking uh, when he made this decision, except we've got to take into account his official comments, whereas he said he wants the road to be open for the youngsters to grow, and they will only grow once some of the more experienced players are out of the way. This is their chance to, let's say, develop themselves and uh, <clears throat> uh, go to the next level, let's say. I, I, I like the idea, I like the concept, but I just somehow feel that we could have still done that, and let's say if we want to fast-track Majid Hosseini into the starting lineup, which I don't know if it's the right time anyway for, for the World Cup, then we could have still kept Hosseini in the squad. But from what I've read and what I've heard recently, there may be some off-the-field uh, reasonings as well behind dropping him. Maybe some of the younger players in the squad seem to have an issue with some of the more experienced or the old guard of which I think we are down to Pejman Monteseri maybe right now. Uh, I can't think of any from the previous, uh, let's say, generation. So I don't know, really. It's Our defense hasn't looked uh, solid without Hosseini. Even poor Ali Ganji hasn't looked solid when he's played with Khanzadeh, for example, or Ansari or Cheshmi. So 
I'm trying to look at the positive side, uh, and what I see is that uh, Kairos made certain decisions, tough decisions last time around four years ago, but they turned out to be uh, positive for us. Adriel Zahayri thrown into the deep end at the eve of the first game. We didn't see it coming, but he performed well, and uh, we looked better for it. So I'm hopeful and optimistic. Kirosh is not a person. I, I don't think he's a person with an agenda against anyone, like some of the Esterlal fans are saying these days, or an ego to try to prove a point to uh, Perspolis uh, or Branko Ivankovic. So I would like to put that conspiracy aside and like to think that there is something uh, maybe deeper uh, behind the decision but we'll see the we'll see the full uh, let's say picture as we get closer to the world cup Pejman Bobak makes some great points and some points that I completely agree with I think um when you think about the reasons that Kairos has come out with in terms of uh, blooding in some uh, younger players it doesn't. It doesn't quite make sense because a player like Magic Hosseini, and he's been he's been fantastic this season, a very very talented defender. But he hasn't been he hasn't been that that involved in the in the last uh, squad, in, but I think within the last year or so. So it's a huge decision, and I don't think um, that is the reason of of Hosseini's omission. Um, do you agree with? With Bobak in in that sense, or or do you think um, Kairosh, uh, you know what what he said in the last few days is uh, the actual reason for um, Hosseini's uh, exclusion? Well, uh, first of all, uh, it was a long time ago we heard Bobak being optimistic about something. He's just like me, so it's uh, it's it's interesting. It, it shows uh, actually how much. Uh, impact Carlos Kairos has made on us fans and of course on the players as well but uh, if I believe if it was any other coach Iranian coach doing something like this uh, the the headlines would be much worse and they would say like oh no he don't know what he's what he's doing what he's up to this would be a catastrophe Uh, but we're not really talking about that we're more or less shocked that he's been he's dropping one of uh, his most uh, capped players, but at the same time, uh, uh, we do believe that uh, Kairos doesn't do this f- because he's got a personal vendetta against Hossein or Paris Police fans, just as uh, Bobak said. So yeah, I- I'm kind of trying to be hopeful or, or optimistic about uh, this de- decision, but on the other hand, I do believe that uh, Jawal Hosseini is is a captain also outside the field, and he can be useful like a uh, ambassador or inspirational kind of guy, uh, taking care of the the younger players uh, outside the field. But if it's, the rumors are true, and let's just say it's just rumors that uh, the older players, such as Hosseini, doesn't get along with the younger players, well. Then he's not needed because if it is nice, if he's not playing and he's not, you know, uh, being a good role model for the younger players, then it's time for him to to step down and maybe that's uh, what Carlos needed to do before the World Cup. Uh, so I don't know if, if my answer is, is is what you're looking for or, or answered your question, but that that's more my my thoughts and ideas about this uh, uh, sudden decision or sudden drop to be to be said. Audio, when Kairos was asked about his decision, he he, he started uh, talking about a few things. And one of the things he said was, I fell in love with Iranian football and Iranian players because of uh, people like Jalal Hosseini. And, and he, he talked great things about Hosseini and he tried to justify his decision to leave him out. But, OK, when you when you look past the, the shock and, and, the, and how sudden that decision was... Um, and building on what Pejman and Bobak said, where do you think Iran will go from here? And what do you think the options are in the World Cup? And how can we replace him, not just as a defender, but his presence in the team and uh, that leadership that, that we all agree uh, he had on and off the pitch? First of all, you have to understand, Hosseini 
116 caps for the national team. You know, that's it's a big achievement. You know, he's he's been there for a long time, and it's difficult to replace that. You know, I think Kairos, he's obviously um, trying to tell us that obviously he's one of our most experienced players by saying that he was he fell in love with our players because of him. It shows how much of a of an influence he is on the team as a whole. But you have to also understand that he is 36 years old, um, and in the day, it's, it's a it's a sport. You know, we're not playing we're not playing chess, we're not playing backgammon. You know, we're playing we're playing football. We were running, and you can't expect a, a 36 year old to run uh, 270 minutes and then play Portugal, play Spain, play Morocco, a tough team. You can't expect that from a 36 year old. I mean, as much as he's a great player, as much as he's really experienced off the pitch, he might be really good for young players. End of the day, you have to say if if he's if if he gets tired in a game, um, and he, you know he can't carry on, he's he won't show that. He will try and hide it from the, for, for the young players not to see it. You know he doesn't want to be a bad example on them. So you have to say um, that's not a good thing. You want a, a captain who's going to be able to fight ninety minutes without getting tired, um, and. I'm not. I'm not saying he's not a fit player, but you can't expect a 36-year-old to run for 270 minutes against that level of, of opposition. So um, that's why Kairos has brought in younger players. He's brought in Majid Hosseini. He's 21 years old. He's brought in Khanzadeh, who I've said it before, he's not a likable guy for some of the fans. But he's, you know, when he was younger, he wasn't a bad right back. He played at right back for a little while. He scored four goals. This season from right back, you know, he wasn't, he didn't have a bad season for Paddy Day. He did all right. He finished 10th or 11th, something like that. And then you've also got Cheshmi, who's, who's always been around. He's always done well for for his club. Um, recently did well yesterday, uh, sorry, on Saturday for, for Iran playing in defensive midfield. There's always options, young options for to replace Hosseini. But like you said, Sina, it's the experience and the leadership skills that aren't going to be easy to replace and I think uh, we're looking towards Montazeri and even Purari Ganji offering us that um, having over 20 caps now Purari Ganji and he has to sort of step up into Hosseini's shoes and take that, take that, that leadership role in the World Cup and show that he he's learnt um, a lot in those 20 caps and it's not just a case of playing 20 games and that's it you know he's actually learnt uh, how to lead the national team from the back and um, yeah, but, but, but guys, uh, sorry, sorry, I'll interrupt you. But guys, let, let's say that this is a, a right decision. Then, then the next question is, why does he make this decision like at this stage? If if he he knew all along that uh, he didn't want to have Hosseini in the squad, uh, why why didn't he just let him go and let Khanzade and uh, whoever he wants to play? I mean, at least one, two years ago from now. They have been in the squad from now and then, but, you know, uh, uh, why even have him in the squad it's, from the beginning? It's but, possible to say that maybe he wanted the players to see him as an experienced player throughout the qualifiers, throughout the friendlies, leading up to the World Cup, and then just, you know, and then maybe he was like, you know what, now they've seen it, now it's time to go and show it in the World Cup two weeks ago now we're going what you've learned from him all the way up to the leading up to the World Cup now it's your turn to go and show what you've learned from him I, I, I don't think that uh, it was as much as a shock as look the idea of him being dropped from the squad was a shock but I did not expect Jarrah Hosseini to be starting majority of the games at the World Cup from the end of the qualifiers if you look forward towards until now how many games did Jalal Hosseini start? So you can see him slowly being phased out. There was I remember over the pods in the last few months, I was asking the question, is Hosseini fit? Is there something wrong with his fitness? Why is he no longer starting as much as before? Even though if he was on the bench or there was a time where he didn't wasn't even used off the bench. So I think that gradually Kairosh has moved towards replacing Hosseini in the starting lineup. He's tried Khanzade. I think Cheshmi may have even had a few minutes there. And now uh, Majid Hosseini came on. Ansari's played there. So he has tried multiple partners for uh, Pur Ali Ganji and then Montezeri as well. So I don't think... I, I, I see what you're saying, Pejman, but I actually think that Kairosh has been planning towards phasing out Sayyid uh, Jalal Hosseini at the World Cup. But the idea of him being dropped... 
is an extreme one, and maybe it's the shock factor for the team. Maybe it's a boost to the morale of some of the players if the rumors are true. Maybe it's just to show them, hey, uh, Majid Hosseini, I believe in you so much that we don't need our most capped uh, player in the squad because I know you can do a job. And imagine if Hosseini has the right uh, temperament and mentality, that's a huge boost for his uh, for his confidence. So I think we can look at it from both ways, but I I disagree that it's uh, it's a shock that he won't be starting because I didn't expect him to be. I genuinely expected another defender, probably Montezeri, to be starting in the World Cup in more than one of the games. So let's say two out of the three games. I agree with the both of you. I think Bobak is right. Maybe this wasn't a shocking decision in terms of Carlos Kehrer just making that sudden decision. But also, Peshman, I think if he was going to leave out Hosseini for a few back-to-back squads, it would have been a bigger controversy and something bigger to deal with because it's one after other and another until the World Cup. Whereas this is like a, a sudden death, you know, he's he's left him out, it's done, there's nothing you can do about it. But it was, if, if he was left out in January, there would have been more pressure on, on Kairouz to put him in the next squad and so on. And I think this way, he's just got it over and done with and he said to everyone, right, this is what's going on, deal with it. But and I, and I agree with Bobak. I think it's something that he's been planning to do for a while. And also, this is a guy who um, seems to have a problem with authority in the players in terms of players getting too big for their boots, you know. And and um, he's historically shown that. I think out of all our senior players under him, Nekunam was the only one who reached uh, uh, who reached the end without any problems. You know, he left out Aghili and, and Rahmati specifically for for this reason of, of having to, maybe thinking they have too much of an authority within the camp. Of course, Hosseini is a different character, but maybe, you know, he's had to deal with similar situations. Of course, at United, uh, when he was Alex Ferguson's assistant, he was uh, against Roy Keane when, you know, the, the issues that was raised in 2004. So this is a guy who, who believes in, in having a balanced squad who, uh, you know, they, they all respect each other. Of course, there's a captain, but... Um, not someone who who has that authority over everyone else, if that makes sense. And also, you know, with this decision, a lot of things make sense. Make sense for me. I mean, in the last few years since the retirement of Nekunam, I've always thought, why isn't Hosseini our captain? You know, from, because for me, he was always the leader in that team. Why is Masoud Chujai captain? Why is Dejaga captain? But I think with this decision, and if the murmurs of and the rumours of of discontent within the younger players in the camp over the treatment of uh, their treatment by Hosseini, then then that would make a lot of sense. The fact that he's been what the third, fourth choice captain. Um, yeah. So I think I think that that makes some sense for me as well. But the reactions inside Iran have been a lot worse. I think. Um, I think I think we've been quite reasonable about it. But in Iran, it's been. I think some of the things that I've heard from former players, including someone like Ali Karim, who I have no respect for now, it's been it's been quite shocking. Um, Welcome to the manager, club. Exactly. I mean, look, a manager is uh, entitled to choose to decide who he takes to the World Cup or for his own squad, especially a manager who's proven year after year that his decisions are the right ones. But at the end of the day, look, Hosseini, fantastic player. But for me, um, and I think because of Kairos and the way he coaches and the way he, he sets the team up defensively, I think... I'm hoping that we wouldn't miss him as much as uh, they are thinking we would uh, in Iran. But anyway, moving on, there was a few other um, notable um, players who, who left out who left out as well. I think the one that really surprised me the most was Vurya Gafuri, a player who's been on great form this year for Estherlal, who's improved massively on the Winfred Schaefer, uh, the German manager of Estherlal. And I thought he would even uh, be a starter in one or two of the games in the World Cup. So this was hugely shocking for me. And one that, at the beginning, it didn't make sense at all. Um, but coming to you, Pejman, what do you think about this? And, uh, of course, Khanzade has been taken now, which is something else that we could discuss for another hour or two. A player who hasn't been involved in the squad, I think, since was it Asian Cup, 2015 Asian Cup, I think it was. He's been out for a year or two due to some suspensions in Iran. Um, and I think this season was the first season that um, 
he played regularly at a club without any problems. Of course, he's a great defender. He's, he's very talented. But, uh, of course, there are question marks over him. But what do you think about Rafuri's uh, exclusion? And, and what do you think Kairos is, is, is trying to do there? Uh, well, to be honest, I'm I'm pleased that uh, Wuria isn't a part of the squad, or at least he's, he's far away from the starting eleven. Uh, he's he's way too up and down for me. When he plays good, yeah, he plays good. But then he's only in the in the league, and maybe every now and then uh, with the national team. But uh, when he plays bad, he can be the 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 one single reason that his his team uh, lets in a goal. So uh, I don't think Rafuri is ready to be a right back. But then on the other hand, you know, if we choose between Rafuri and Rezoyan, we, we talked about this before and we say that Rezoyan is a he's a better guy in the uh, in the offense than in the defense. But uh, I don't know if that's even the case anymore because uh, Ramin having now spent a season in Belgium uh, could I I I do believe that's been good for him in his decision makings and uh, getting more disciplined. At least that's that's what I hope uh, uh, that would come out of him. Uh, but Kafuri uh, uh, not making the squad isn't something that that make makes me sad. Uh, although I I do believe that uh, he could be maybe one of the 23 thinking that. If Kafuri, if Rezaian won't make it, or we need somebody else, would it, who would you take in? Would we like 2014, all of a sudden, sudden taking Pejwa Or would we do like against Uzbekistan, where Bolizade was like all over the, the, the right place, uh, right side? And he, he did it good, but uh, is he ready to be a defender uh, in that position, really? It's hard to say. And uh, with Beta Shur, getting invited and getting cut from the list like two seconds after, uh, it, it shows that uh, maybe Kerosh have found a solution because that was the reason I thought that he, he brought in Betashur for, for you know, uh, giving Kafuri and Rezaian a, a hard time. But now I don't see that happening. So I think Kerosh have, have an have a idea who will fight against uh, Ramin that right, uh, right defender place. Oh yeah, when Kerush again was asked about Vuria Rafuri, he said one of the reasons that I left him out was because at his club SL of this season has been some games he's been playing at right wing and I told him that he needs to be playing fullback regularly, which uh, for me it doesn't make perfect sense because we have a lot of players in the national team who play out of position. Of course, Mehdi Tarimi being the obvious one. And uh, there are other players as well who play uh, different positions for their clubs, but they come to the national team and they, come, they play uh, somewhere that's completely different. Uh, so what do you think about Kairish's reasoning there on uh, on Gafuri's omission? Uh, I think defence is different. I think right-back is a really sort of important role because a lot of the, the left-wingers now in like Spain and Portugal are quite strong and to play up against them having a, a, a player who's not playing in the defence uh, in his club to come and play for the national team in the World Cup and then play right back and he's not maybe had that um, let's say um, you know defensive lining with, with the centre-backs regularly uh, for a season you know it, it could be a bit disjointed for him um, so I think maybe that's the reason why because he's not he's not playing defence as much he's playing in the sort of in the attacking line more um, it could be one of the reasons obviously um, but saying that he played college on the at left back uh, and he's a right winger so yeah your point's right your point is right to, to say I think maybe maybe he thinks he needs to have an attacking option uh, Ramin Rezaian to be that and then a defensive a really defensive option like he had Montazeri in 2014 World Cup and I think he's brought in Hans under this time to be a defensive option um, in, a, in a 2018 World Cup so I think he wants to have a balance of a attacking and a defensive minded option for fullback. And on the other side, Mirad Mohammadi and Oriza are probably being the attacking option. Um, so, yeah, I think he wants to kind of balance out the fullbacks. But um, for me, I think Ramin Rezoyan's a good right back. He's not been bad defensively, um, but Rafuri's good as well. I think it's just a case of he's wanted to go balanced to that, that role. 
Uh, Bobak, what do you think about this? And, uh, of course, uh, um, the points that Arya and, and Pejma made. Uh, I like the, what Arya said at the end. I think it's a question of Ghafuri and Rezaian, probably a little too similar for Carlos's liking. Uh, going into the World Cup against uh, Spain, definitely I don't expect to see Rezaian starting. I personally think he's going to go for a centre-back or a, a solid right back over there. Uh, with Khanzadeh tried out in the second half in that position against Uzbekistan, I think it was clear. I felt that, yes, Khanzadeh is probably going to uh, be involved at the World Cup squad. I wasn't so surprised when he was included. I think he's going to start against Spain. Rezaian might start against Morocco. And then the third game, depending on what we need to get out of it, he'll make his decision. So, Kafuri, I was surprised, but now when I think back, I say logical. He wants to have a balance on the right side in terms of options. Um, going into uh, thinking back towards the Asian Cup in 2015, uh, there were three or four players who had good tournaments or, 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 or made an impact who I felt would not be figuring at the World Cup. Vahid Amiri was one. Uh, I felt he's too, he broke through a little bit too old, so I think he's 31 by the time of the World Cup. I'm surprised or disappointed that he's in the squad. Then you have Ashkan, who is now, we can see he's well past his best and he's barely able to stay fit. But he will probably be in the squad if he's fit because of uh, the fact that we need one or two experienced heads like him and Masoud. Uh, Gucci is another one who just about made the squad because Rezaï had... A strong first half of the season and a more quiet second half. So if the, the, the halves of the seasons were reversed for Kaveh, I am pretty confident that he may have just just about pipped Gucci, Gucci Neja to the squad. And then Gafuri, who had a great Asian Cup, I felt. But again, he was 27 or so at the time. So now he's in his 30s, early 30s. And he's, he's not looked good so so good for Iran in recent times until maybe the last last game or so, last one or two games. So... I'm not surprised. I think Hanzade will figure a lot uh, in the World Cup. So I think he's going to have a big, big, uh, big, uh, let's say, expectations in terms of performance against the wingers, uh, definitely when it comes to Spain and maybe even Portugal. And Kolizade, uh, yes, surprising. Uh, but I think he looked very good attacking-wise. I don't think he's going to be uh, so solid uh, defensively. I'm not... Going back to the point about Carlos Kirsch's reasoning, I don't think the idea that after we played a few games on the right wing is a re- acceptable reason. I think it's more like he could have been clear. I want a little bit more balance on the right side. I want to have a center back, but I don't think he wanted to give away his uh, tactics or strategy. So overall, I don't think we can be so uh, so disappointed about this decision. There's a few other talking points as well in this uh, in this squad, such as Amir Abizadeh's uh, inclusion ahead of Hussein Hosseini uh, as a goalkeeper. Or for me, one of the, the odd ones was um, Ali Karimi, of course, was uh, ruled out of the World Cup due to injury. So I thought uh, Kairou should probably um, invite Ahmad Abdullah instead, and he didn't. So he's, he's chosen to only go with Omide Ibrahimi and Saida Zatullahi as the um, the natural defensive midfielders, as well as Ehsan Safi, of course, and cover as is a mission um, behind Ochan uh, Nejad. But what was the most surprising, apart from the the, the ones that we've already discussed, uh, coming to your Um From the ones that we discussed, I think, um, yeah, I think Hosseini was probably what I would say was the most surprising, just because of the experience factor. Um, other than that, no, I meant, I uh, sorry, I meant apart from the apart from oh, the apart. Oh, sorry, yeah, apart from Hosseini and Bafudi. Yeah, um, I think I think I don't think there's much of a surprise. I think the squad's pretty much what it is. I think he's hit the nail on the head with the squad. I think if you look at it uh, objectively, I don't think it's that bad a squad. I like the squad. I think it's good. I don't have much against it. Um, and I think he's pretty much um, gone for a young squad that's going to run for the team, that's going to battle hard and try and get the results that he can in the World Cup. And, you know, at the end of the day, he asked, he asked to pick a squad and he's done it. And I don't think it's much of an issue. Pejman, this is a 24-man squad and, of course, one of the players will have, will have to get cut. Who's your choice? Who do you think uh, will be the um, will be the victim, if you like? Who do you think will, will miss the World Cup? Uh, oof. Yeah, who I think or who I want? Um, 
Tell me both. Well, uh, I have several that are that I want to to be replaced, and I will probably say Amiri, uh, Vahid Amiri on on the left side. I do believe that uh, we have strong enough players uh, on that on that side. Uh, uh, why not uh, Karim Ansafad or or Salman Godus? I think they can both be better than Amiri on on the left side. Uh, but uh, or yeah, maybe you know. Ashkan actually because it's it's hard to say if it's if it's fit or not because listen there there's three games left now and uh, out of those three games uh, the one against uh, Turkey and the ones against Greece after those two games uh, we we will see who's ready or not to be in the squad uh, or in the starting eleven and if uh, he's not playing then Ashkan then it's a way too big risk to to let a guy that's been injured like. A couple of years now playing 15-20 minutes in Nottingham. The only that's the only playing he's had the entire season to start uh, in a World Cup game. Then he, he needs to go, no matter how good of a guy he is or motivational or, or he makes the other players better. He, he's he's not on the pitch. So uh, Amiri and uh, Ashkan would, would probably be my choices. And I will also while I'm at it. Uh, I would love to have uh, Kave Rezai somewhere in, in the squad, but that's that's another question. But uh, Ashkan or Amiri, they for me they're they're not uh, World Cup material. See, I know <laughs> I know Vahid Amiri doesn't have a lot of fans, but I'm gonna fight his corner in this whole. I think he's the only natural left-footed left winger that we have in the squad, and uh, for the, he's been involved in this uh, in in the national team setup regularly for the past. Kohli is left-footed, if I'm not mistaken, right? He plays on the right, he's, but he's a left left. He's left-footed, so technically yeah, he played yeah. left back, and then he could technically at a push play at a further afield because he looked very dangerous off the crosses off his left foot as well. So um, I would say the options are there, but. Is he the kind? If we have three subs a game, is Vahid Amiri one of those three that you want to throw on? Well, I think I was going to say if look for the same reason that you think Hanzade would play against Spain or Portugal, I think Amiri is going to start against Spain or Portugal specifically because he's not he's he's willing to sacrifice the attacking side of his game to help out tactically, and I think it's because of this reason that I think his attacking side of his game is limited. It's not like he's sacrificing it. I think think he's become a very limited player since the Asian Cup. He's looked out of form, out of sorts. I haven't seen him make any positive contribution on the pitch uh, playing for Iran. It's more a case of, yes, he's a player that Carlos trusts. He does a job for him. I just bring out some stats. I think that applies to a lot of... Um, I think think that applies to a lot of the players. I think, for example... Alireza Jahanbakhsh, as amazing as he has been, he hasn't been performing for Iran. Or even a player like Omid Ibrahimi, or even Saeed Zatullahi. There are players who individually are limited because of the way Kairouj wants the team to play. Look, Amiri is not the most talented player. He's not going to contribute, even if he was, let's say, allowed to. But I think he he is given certain jobs to do this. He seems to be doing well. Otherwise, I don't think he would have um, been able to get to this level, get to this... Uh, squad, and especially because when you think about when you when you discuss Dejaga or players like him, there are play these are players who have been based in Europe, who've played in Europe, so it, it, it kind of makes sense for them to be involved. But Vahid Amiri has been in Iran all his career, so there's a lot of reasons to drop. But it's not a sympathy position in the squad just because he's played in Iran, or we should look at him and judge him in a different way because he's been in Iran. I think Mehdi Torabi, for example, could do a job over there. He's looked. He's, he's played there as well before, if I'm not mistaken, at the early stage of the qualifiers. He started, uh, I think, in the first round of the qualifiers, he played there as well. I mean, I look at that squad. I agree with what Pejwan said earlier. I think if I was to remove a player right now, it would be between Ashkan and Amiri. But at a push, if Ashkan is somehow fit for a 10-15 minute cameo, I would rather have Ashkan Dejava come off the bench than Vahid Amiri. But I see your point as well, where you say you think he can, Carlos sees him as someone who can do a job for him, as a solid outlet on the left side. Maybe he wants to have a little bit more conservative approach. But I just scratch my head and say, why? I, I, I honestly, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want to throw him on the pitch. And I look at the rest of the squad. I th- think if we take Amiri out, I don't think that we are missing so much. 
But for me, he is the 2018 version of Khosrow Hilali. You know, we asked this very same questions in 2014 about Khosrow. Why is he? Why is he coming off the bench? Why is he even starting? Because he's not contributing to anything. I think. So I, think I think one of the things that you have to, you have to think about is um, back to Hosseini getting dropped. Could it be that he that he's also getting dropped because he's just too old? Like he's played. He's played 30, 34 caps in one goal, and then Torabi scored made um, 15 caps and scored four goals. Uh, Rosa has made two caps, scored two goals. But I mean, obviously his goals aren't what he's going to he's going to give to the team. That's okay. But just but, because, the, but the, just because they're no, playing I, the same position, it doesn't mean they have the same role. No, I know, and you don't have to score goals, but you have to get it. Like end of the day, we are trying to go forward. You're not trying to stagnate the team, and you have to understand if you if 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 the coach keeps on playing a player who's just to play, just to make numbers up, just to give a bit of energy, I think that's stagnating the team. That's holding back the young players. I think the same with Hosseini. Why would you want to Maybe. play for a 36-year-old? He's, he's, you're holding back Magic Hosseini's talent. Same with that. If, you, if you're going to play um, Amiri, you're holding back Olizade and Torah, I think. I, I agree with you. But looking at that, then I go back to Ashkan Dejaga. Don't tell me Ashkan is fit after almost two years of barely playing any football. Right now, he's, he's, he's probably there, and he might get crossed off if he doesn't show his fitness, but I feel he's there now because we lack that experience. He's definitely crucial in the morale of the side. I know Sina said we shouldn't keep a player in, just or uh, I think it was Pejman who said we shouldn't keep a player in just because he's good for the spirit. But the fact that Hussein is out, I think Masoud and Ashkan are the two key pillars of this squad in terms of respect and the respect of the younger players. Both of them have made it in Europe for long, long stretches of time. So I think the young players cannot question their uh, abilities or their track record. So I think Ashkan will probably be there at the end, just about, but I just don't believe that he's fit in any way. I mean, even when he was playing for us, he's too slow. He's lost that pace, that half a yard of pace, which even at his best, he didn't have. But now he's a slouch when he's moving. So the only position I would consider playing him is on the central number 10, maybe, right behind the striker. Otherwise, if you play him on either wing, I think you've wasted a spot because there's no way he's getting past his man or contributing anything to the final final third. So it's I think there are cases for a couple of players where you could say that they could justify getting dropped. I wouldn't touch anyone in defense, though, because I feel we're already too thin over there. And I think... Looking at the defense, we only have six six specialist defenders. Uh, Majid Hosseini, Milad Mohammadi, Khanzadeh, Purali Ganji, Montazeri, and Reza Yan. Cheshmi, I consider as a defensive midfielder, and Golizadeh, even if he's a backup for Mohammadi, I don't think he's a left back, uh, other than the Uzbekistan game. So I wouldn't take off anyone from defense, and then the choices come down to someone like Ashkan or maybe Masood if, if he doesn't recover from his injury. So there's not there's not too many options there to cross off. For me, I think it's um, I, I hate it. I hate it to be between these two, but I think it's got to be between Mehdi Torabi and Olizade. Because when I look at Amiri and, I'm, and I agree with everything that you guys are saying, he's not talented. He doesn't do this. I see it myself. I know. But the fact that he's made it this far gives me an indication that he's going to go. Uh, because if he's one, if he was going to get left out, he would have been left out. Uh, um, uh, before this, so Torabi is a good shout as well. Torabi is a good shout, especially I if Ashkan is fit. The fact that you have also Masoud Shajai, um, and also if Kolizad is going to go, and you know, is there what, is there any point of Torabi going? Is he going to play? Same thing with Kolizad. If, if Mehdi Torabi is going to go, is Kolizad going to get time to play? Probably not. And you also have Karim Ansari Farid who can play on both wings. Then you, you don't want to play. You don't want to take too many plays. You can play on the wing. Yeah, but um, Golizade, it looks like he's going to be an alternative for Milad Mohammadi. The way it's coming down. Yeah. Or or, or, or like a half or between Golizade and Haj Safi, you have one backup for Milad. I mean, at a push, if things get bad, I don't think Golizade will be thrown in against Spain or Portugal from the start. So Ehsan would probably move to left back. And then we'd have another catastrophe in central midfield. So, but I don't think looking at the makeup of the squad, Golizade is in danger of getting dropped. Personally, I agree with that. I don't think Golizade is going to get dropped. I think he showed enough in the Uzbekistan game that he can play on both sides of the pitch. He can. He's all right defensively. He tried his best. You know, I think. Um, 
Torabi also played well against Uzbekistan. He did well getting forward in the second half. He did quite well. Uh, yeah, uh, I think I think as you guys have just said, it it probably won't come down to the three wingers, the uh, Amiri, Khalidzad, and Torabi. But we'll see because um, there's also the, there's also the other shout of um, only Ibrahimi and Cheshmi playing in that position for uh, defensive midfield. Whether if uh, Cheshmi comes in as a as a defensive midfielder, then it, does it does he have to choose between Ibrahimi and Cheshmi? to get that last spot. That's also one more shout, whether he drops uh, Brahimi, for example, and brings in Cheshmi, and then he has Khanza, the Montazeri, I don't think he's going to risk dropping one of them. I mean, we're already thin in central midfield, and if somehow Mohamadi gets injured and Ehsan has to move away, you don't want to have just Saeed and Cheshmi or Ibrahimi. I think he's got to have both of them. It's difficult to see one of them getting dropped. Bobak, I know you think Cheshmi is going to start. I don't know if you're dreading it, but I don't think... I, don't, I think I'm, first game... I think, again, going back I think to Uzbe is starting the first game yeah. instead of uh, Said. That's my personal opinion. I mean, I you, 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 you already have... Potentially, you will have... Maybe if Masoud is fit with Cheshmi, and then you have Karim and Saifar together making a three, or you could have Ibrahimi, Cheshmi, and Masoud together, maybe, or and Karim together. So... Uh, I'm almost certain Cheshmi will start the first game. I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> but anyway, guys, moving on. Um, of course, Iran played a friendly game against Uzbekistan just before the 24 men uh, were announced. It was a 1-0 win. A header from uh, the man in question, of course, Ruzbe Cheshmi from Ehsan Safi corner. Um, what did you guys think about the game, uh, Pejman, starting with you? Did, did, did anything stand out? Did you think, of course, apart from Polis, are there starting at uh, left-back? Did you think Kairos tried anything to give him an idea of how he's going to perform, um, uh, how he's going to line up the team uh, in the World Cup? And keep his situation as well, because I know Abed Zadeh started in goal in the first half. Uh, what did you think about his performance? Uh, Abed Zadeh, well... He did good. I mean, uh, not, nothing to, to really add. He didn't do anything bad. Or, or He got saved once. Uh, a great header by Bolizadeh from the from the line. I don't think... If he would have been goal, I wouldn't blame Abedzadeh for the goal. Uh, but, I mean, the lineup was a real shocker for many of us, as always, even if it's a, it's a friendly. So it's, it's really hard to say... Uh, what this, uh, uh, what Carlos thinks, uh, letting me, uh, when we look at the starting 11, and even players got subbed in, and one of them was actually Jalal Hosseini, and we know that uh, he probably won't be in the in the squad. So I won't take that much from the game, but what I do want to say is that we, we don't have that good enough players on the bench to 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 feel safe that they can do a good job if somebody else gets injured. Even if you know that they know the tactics really well and everything, they maybe aren't simply good enough players. Uh, and that's why we need uh, like Milad Mohammadi on the left side. I mean, I, I think he's getting more and more important for, for every game that I see Iran, that we really need him. And uh, that's why we need a, a really sharp striker like Sardar Azmoun, because... Uh, Reza uh, he didn't uh, perform well against uh, Uzbekistan. And one last thing I want to say about the game is that I was really impressed uh, with uh, the Uzbeks, actually. They had like this their under-21 team that won the Asian under-21s uh, like uh, some one, two years ago. Uh, so they missed like like Serjar, uh, Serdar Jeparov in Estelal, their most capped player. Uh, and and they played fearless. Uh, they looked like they had fun. They could find each other, and they had some good passing. And and they didn't respect Iran. Uh, and f- for me, I I think I would I would love to see more of this Uzbek team doing great because Uzbekistan have they always slipped, you know, at the last minute. But if they continue like this, for me, I'm sure that we can. Uh, they will be. Uh, challenging the top five in, in Asia for the 2019 Asian Cup, or at least, uh, or if not that, then for sure for the next World Cup, because the Uzbeks, they, they are coming. Bobak, um, 
one of the players that uh, received a lot of criticism after that game was Reza Kushan Najad, who, um, for me, it was no doubt that he's going to be in the World Cup and uh, well ahead of Kovarazai. What do you think about his performance? And what do you think his role is going to be in the World Cup? Do you think um, he's just going to be a, a super sub, or there's any chance of him uh, starting? And what did you think? On, on building on what Pejman said, what did you think about the performance as a whole? I thought he was abysmal, almost non-existent. Uh, yes, he was feeding off scraps, but I don't think he's the type of player that'll create something out of nothing for himself, like Sardar could, for example. So, based on that performance, I was leaning towards the idea that if it's going to be a choice between Kave and him, he may get crossed off the list. But I think what went on his side, or what worked for him, was the fact that He's been an ever-present for Carlos Quiroz from the beginning. He's probably a link between some of the older players and younger players as well playing in Europe. He's happy enough with his role as a substitute. I don't think he expects or pushes for a starting lineup place. He's a good player to have off the bench for the last 15-20 minutes because we know Sardar is not going to finish 90 minutes in any of the three games. So you're going to bring on someone off the bench with a proven track record and feeding off some scraps late in the game, off corners, etc. Then I would probably put my faith in Gucci, uh, Gucci Anejad. He's proven himself in that, in that sort of role. So you have to consider the role and why he's there as opposed to why Kavereza is not there. Kavereza has had a great season. Maybe his form uh, just, just about... Uh, tethered off a little bit towards the second half of the season. But again, towards the last few games, he started to pick it up again. But how would he react in an environment like that? Is he the kind of player that you're going to bring on if you need a goal with 10, 15 minutes to go? I'm not so sure. I don't think... Uh, I don't think... Um, I don't think Carlos could probably answer that either. And that's why Gucan uh, Ejad is in the squad. So I'm not so surprised. I'm disappointed for Pavel Rezai because... He went to Europe. In his first season, he made an impact. He settled in a foreign country, started to learn language. So he did everything. He ticked all the right boxes, but he misses out on the World Cup. I'm sure he'll be around for the Asian Cup, though. Uh, Going back to the performance overall, I think we've come to a stage where, at least on the Asian level, we're experienced enough and solid enough that by not playing so well, we are able to scrap the wins. And that's a sign of a good, experienced, established side. Uh, Something that the likes of maybe Japan and Korea could do back in the day, a few years ago in Asia, and we were only in envy of. So I think we didn't play anything anything near our best. Of course, we had a lot of changes, etc. But we looked comfortable at all stages of the game. We didn't look like, uh, even if the Uzbeks were on the front foot, we didn't look uncomfortable. And that's been the case a lot during a lot of the friendlies and quite a few of the qualifiers. So... That bodes well for the overall mentality of this side. I think only Golizada was one of the few players that shone in that game. And I, I felt that it would be difficult to drop him or not include him in the squad with the sort of performance he had. So overall, I think um, not much in terms of performance to go by, but good to see that we are on the right track when it comes to the mentality side. Arya, what were your thoughts about the game? And also, um, one of the things that Pejman mentioned was how great Uzbekistan were. So, building on that, how do you think they caused those problems? Which areas do you think they caused Iran problems? And how do you think uh, Kerush can, can deal with that leading, uh, leading to the World Cup? Is that for me? Uh, yes, it was, yes. Sorry, I, I, you, you cut off there. I didn't even hear you. Sorry, sorry say that again. Um, yeah, no. So I was just asking, what were your thoughts about the about the game against Uzbekistan, and uh, yeah. whether you think Uzbekistan caused us uh, problems in that game? I think the issues uh, were mainly uh, just a case of we looked a bit slow. I think sometimes in the midfield we looked a bit slow to get the ball out to the strikers. Like like um, Bob Ag said, Gucci was basically feeding off scraps he didn't I mean that's what you expect he's not going to do much more than that he's going to be a poacher and try and get tappings um, I think defensively I, I've got to be honest I was really really impressed with Magic Hosseini uh, although they were they were trying to play high balls and trying to get the ball into the box early 
Um, I think Majid Hosseini dealt with the dealt with the ball. He dealt with the play and the whole of the play very well. He was uh, meeting the ball with his head very very effectively, and I think um, that was maybe one of, the, one of the reasons why he showed the experience that Hosseini shows uh, in, in a game. He shows sort of leadership from the back. Um, I think I just I, I genuinely don't think there was much much issue. It was just a really boring game. It just it was a bit slow. It looked a bit a bit. Um, just boring, but we'll see what happens in the next game against Turkey, and hopefully they uh, speed up a little bit and actually do get some goals and uh, create more chances, and um, you know, use some of the players that will start like Jalen Bash and Osmond, etc. Um, of course, we have three friendly games uh, left um, before the start of the World Cup. Um, we are currently in Turkey in a training against the Turkish national team on Monday the 28th of May and there's a game against Lithuania in Russia on the 8th of June but I also, I also think there's a game against Greece um, I don't know the exact date if you guys can help me uh, with that 2nd of June 2nd of June okay perfect so we've got these three games uh, going into the World Cup but for the for the last question I'm, I'm going to ask each one of you based on what you've seen so far how do you think it will line up the the, the lineup? So just uh, give me your first eleven, and then after that we'll uh, we'll wrap up the episode. Starting from you, Pejma. Uh, what I think about the friendlies is that the question? No, uh, the starting eleven. How do you think based on what, what you've seen so far? What do you think the starting eleven against Morocco? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Always going to be. Uh, okay. Well, uh, in goal, uh, I think we'll see Bayron Wand. Uh, in the defensive uh, lineup, we will see Mohamadi at the left side, Rezoyan on the right side. In the middle, Pulali Ganji, probably with with Khanzade, which I'm not you know so fan of that idea, but but for now, we'll see. Uh, and if we play four two three one, we'll have Ehsan uh, Safi in the defensive midfield, maybe next to uh, Masoud Shujai, probably. Uh, Masoud being a little bit uh, more in the offense uh, and Esan uh, more in the defense. And then four two three one, th- those three we have Jahan Bakhsh on the right side. Uh, I'm thinking maybe uh, Salman or Kaim on Ansarifard, like a number ten in the middle. And on the left side, uh, uh, I'm I'm a fan of Taremi still, but I can imagine having Karim there and then uh, letting someone be in the middle. Uh, and up top, I, I can only see Sardor starting. That, that's, we need him more than ever, I believe. Aria, what is yours going to be? Uh, I just want to clear up, um, formation-wise, from what I believe is Kairosh is playing a variation of a 4-5-1, 4-1-4-1, 4-3-3, a flat, flat midfield, not a four-two-three-one. We haven't played that formation in ages, so I think it would be. I I would play uh, Mazahiri in goals, right back um, would be Reza Young, two centre backs. I would go with uh, Majid Hosseini and Kuali Ganji. Just let's see how they get on. Uh, Mohamadi at left back, uh, in, in defensive midfield. I would play Montazeri actually against Morocco, and obviously as a Tolai in the next two games, um, and then. The two two midfielders on the right and left side. On the right side, if Dejaga is fit and ready, which I don't think he will be, but if he is, I would start him. If not, then I would probably go with Odus. Um, um, on the right, on the left side, Haisafi. Uh, let's hope uh, on the left wing. If Dejaga starts, then Odus, I would play him on the left wing. If not, then Toremi would play the left wing for me. Jan Bash on the right, and then obviously Osman up front. Um, so. Bobak? Okay, we're talking about the Morocco game or what we'd like to see in the Turkey game and the friendlies? Uh, no, about the Morocco game. Just from what you've seen so far, of course, we still have the three friendlies to play, so that will give us a better idea. But from what you've seen so far, how do you think the starting eleven is going to be against Morocco? If I had to guess right now, I would say we're going to play with Band, although I would like during the next two games to have Bayronman play one half and then in one of the, each game we put try Abedzadeh and Mazahiri just to see how they cope against better opposition. I really think we should play our strongest team against Turkey. It's enough time to the World Cup for the players to recover and just to see ourselves against a, a solid team. 
in defense, I would line up from right to left with Reza Yan, um, Ali Ganji. I'm impressed and optimistic about Majid Hosseini, but it's difficult to say. If I had to pick the side today, I think Montezeri will start, but this could change when it comes to the World Cup. And then, obviously, Purali Ganji and Mohammadi. Midfield, I agree with Arya. It's more of a flat, uh, flattish midfield. Um, 4-3-3, more, more than 4-2-3-1. I would think that Esan will start and probably captain the side. And then you have Cheshmi, I think, who will start in that first game. You have Esan, Cheshmi. Maybe, uh, pff, tough to say. Masoud, uh, maybe, or Karim, depending on Masoud's fitness. And then you move towards the attacking trident, and I think it's going to be Taremi, uh, Sardar, and Alirza Jahanbakhsh. Those three are going to probably, probably start most of the games, I would think. It's difficult to see something switching. So that would probably be the starting lineup against Morocco if I was to make that guess tonight. Some interesting choices there, interesting lineups. What would what you, what would you Sina? say, Sina? What would you, yeah? I'm going to tell you, and this is why I'm not a betting man, um, but I think I, it's going to be um, Ovid Um Rezaion on the right. I think the centre-back pairing, I, I feel like he's going to do a Montezeri and Hosseini because they've been playing together for uh, for about a year and a half now. So... I think without Hosseini, he might just leave Purali Ganji out as well and leave them to to start with Mohamed. Did he even Purali Ganji in defensive midfield? You never you never know because he's yeah, played yeah. before. Yeah, he could yeah, but he hasn't good. played him there at all. We'll yeah. see over the next three games. Possibly, I think possibly. A lot of things can be clear. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but Mohamed on the left, I think he's going to be Ehsan, Masoud, and uh, probably I would say Karim. Because he has played carrying in midfield. But that's a very attacking three-man midfield. Do you know, I think I think Shojoy playing as that sort of pure low, deep-lying playmaker is interesting. Because against Morocco, we have to keep the, we have to attack. We have to try and win the game. I think it's interesting, yeah, but, you, but you're leaving, one... You're, yeah, but you're leaving Masoud in a place where he has to make tackles and you don't want Masoud making tackles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, so... Um, but yeah, I think Jaron Marsh on the right, Taremi, I think he's going to sort on the left, and of course, Osman. What makes you think Abidza, at this moment, when he's only had 45 minutes of experience for the national team, what makes you think Abidza is going to start? I'm not dismissing it because I feel there is, it has some legs, and we will see more over the next few games, but what makes you think Abidza is going to start? It's something that Kairush would do, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be? Do you think it's something that you would do? You know, bringing <laughs> bringing a player out of nowhere. I agree with Sina. I think. Well, if I can see it happening. Hey. Yeah. Plus, he's think, playing in Portugal. You never know. Like he's playing in his home country. <laughs> my worry is my worry is his height. He is not a commanding figure. That's that's my main. Yeah, I agree. Say hesitancy. I would like to see him in action against a team like Turkey, which is a physical team, and maybe Greece. That's why I would like. Mazoheri and Obezay to get some minutes against established international sides. But my hesitancy right now, the question mark I have is, is he commanding enough to play against a team like uh, Morocco, for sure, a physical team who's going to use crosses and set plays, very similar to us, and then maybe Portugal as well, quite similar too. I think I, I just I always keep comparing to the last World Cup and the preparation and how we ended up lining up against um, Nigeria mm-hmm. in that first game. There was a lot of difference. So that's why I'm thinking maybe we shouldn't read too much into how we line up with friendlies because, of course, he likes to throw off his opponents. And, and he did that in the last World Cup. I think he only had half a game or a full game in the four yeah. games, in the four friendlies. Yeah. And Harsafi didn't... Hey, played at left-back uh, two or three friendlies. So I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't read too much into it. Um, but anyway, that's that's what I think, and uh, we just gotta wait and see. But uh, I think the game against Turkey, as as you guys said, will definitely be interesting. But that's all we have um, for for this episode, guys. Do you have anything else to add? No, I just want to say thanks for having me on again. Uh, hopefully, we'll be uh, doing more podcasts close to the World Cup, discussing 
more of the friendlies coming up soon. Some of the squads, some of the players getting, one of the players has to get obviously cut from the 24-man squad. So more to discuss soon. Hopefully just keep following us on Instagram, Twitter, etc. And uh, thanks for having me on again. Great work, guys. Yeah. Um, I think we've covered it all and I'm looking forward to the Turkey game quite, quite avidly. Right, cheers guys, that's perfect. And thank you for listening. Um, we appreciate all the support, of course, uh, through Twitter. Um, if you have anything to add to the things we discussed, we're always happy to hear about your opinions, your views. So to tweet us um, at Golbezan. Um, but once again, thank you, and until the next episode, goodbye. That concludes our episode. Um, we want to thank again Bob Akagodri, Sinai Sain Pejman Pars, and Ari Alverdi. Uh, fantastic work they're doing for Gold Vazan, for the rainy community, and just the footballing community as a whole. We're doing our best to fix the sound quality, guys. Um, as you guys can imagine, we're all scattered across the globe. Uh, we're not in the studio talking about, um, you know, Iranian national team or just Asian football in general. So we're trying our best. But once again, we appreciate the support. Uh, please subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, check out our website, goldbazanpodcast.com. Twitter is at goldbazan. Facebook at goldbazan. If there's any questions or you guys might have, uh, our emails are up on the website and our general email is mail at goldbazanpodcast.com. Cheers, guys. Thank you.